Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we help you pick out a tie sock hanky combo as we discuss the greatest <laughs> TV show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 58th episode in the series, Strange Bedfellows. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about the title, it's a little, I don't know. <laughs> it's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best. <laughs> Jesus, that just hit me right now. Anyway, I never uh, thought about it before this moment. Second, that's what I'm saying. Don't love it. (laughs) Don't don't love it. Actually, really, just took me down a couple notches there. Anyway, (laughs) what are your overall thoughts of this episode? Like, what what did you think about it growing up? And then, like, what do you? What's the overall tone of it now as an adult? uh well um so you're like first... do you have 45 minutes <laughs> I was like, well let me <laughs> let me read you my dissertation um no so the first thing I wrote in my notes which I actually think is very true and I I should have put this together but I think the golden girls itself in particular this episode is fundamental to my involvement and investment in local government because Like, I think that I saw the girls rallying behind the city council campaign. And it obviously didn't mean much to me when I was watching it at the time. But, you know, I'm very involved in, like, local politics and stuff. And I I think that it's – I think I saw it and I was like, wow, that's so cool. They're having a party for a city councilman or whatever it was. So that was, like, my first takeaway. Um, My second is, like, I think that this episode doesn't receive – the attention that some of the other sort of like more controversial slash like um, provocative episodes do. And, and I, I can't decide if I think it should or not, because I actually think, you know, like this is an episode essentially about a trans guy running for office. Um, and obviously there's, there's more into it, which we'll get into, but I think the way that they address the issue of, transgender gills transgender identity is actually like pretty good and and really good for the time um obviously there are some misses for sure but like in my experience most trans people live just as people and that's what he's doing he is he is a man running for office and that is what a trans person would be and that is what a cisgender person would be you know and so I think that that part even I I don't know that it even meant to be but that in and of itself is is progressive overall I think it's a pretty well done episode and I really like it there's so much there's so much in it and I I think that I'm coming to a realization I think Mm -hmm. that I'm a Blanche in Mm -hmm. some ways I'm a Blanche Dorothy Sophia combination I don't think I have very much rose at all like (laughs) it bothers me so much that they don't believe Blanche in this episode but I I think it's a really good one there's a lot to say how do you feel I mean I am I knew that you were gonna have that dissertation to say because you said (laughs) that was the first thing you had in your notes the first thing I have in my notes is what am I Alf (laughs) (laughs) that's three down but I also have that No, but I, I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I think you absolutely have elements of Blanche. But I will say, and we will get to this, is that I think you most strongly agree with Blanche when she exhibits 
like hyper feminist issues, which for Blanche are mostly around slut shaming. Right. And I think that that is, that is what really gets your goat, you know, and makes you go, holy smoke, holy Toledo, holy mackerel. Um, Nothing. Nothing. I had to call those three out because those are literally the three old timey hilarious expressions. Mm-hmm. Remember I was a kid and I said holy mackerel once and like some other kid looked at me and I was like, what? This is what people say. <laughs> I've heard it before. <laughs> I've heard it before. Um, Toledo. It's in Ohio. <laughs> anyway, I, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. And I do think that I even would say, and we can talk about this later because it's at the end of the episode, the part where they have Rose sort of asking innocently, like, how does it work? Quote unquote, right? Mm. Um, where it's like, <laughs> you know, Anna Maria Bonaducci, and then, you know, she's just asking these questions. Like, it's, it is innocent, and it's one of those, it's those questions that have to be answered. And I think Dorothy makes flippant remarks only because she's exasperated with Rose, but to me, it doesn't read any differently than any other dumb conversation Rose would be <laughs> asking about. So I actually think that that one's actually pretty okay. I mean, yeah. I, I am a cis person. I am not speaking for any trans people and neither are you and none of us are. I mean, it, this is just our opinion, our impression, you know, based on our knowledge of these issues. I would absolutely love to hear what uh, trans people say about this episode and how they feel about it. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was actually, I'm surprised, but also not that it doesn't get mentioned, like you said, and held up uh, with the other sort of, you know, LGBTQ style episodes of this show, um, or at least have a mention that it existed, right? And again, it's not, it's not quite the pinnacle of, you know, uh, Sophia explaining marriage equality to Blanche, but also it's a much more complicated issue than that, right? So it's really interesting. Anyway. Yeah, totally. And, when, and we talked to... Um... Dr. Thomas West, who he's written a lot about Golden Girls in general and like the queer aspects and stuff. And um, we will actually, he's great. We will have an episode with him coming soon. Um, But he talks about this episode too. And he, uh, you know, he kind of agrees. Like, I think that in the eighties, there wasn't going to be explicit discussions of trans people there there and there should have been obviously but I think that we are we are just now in like you know 2021 coming to um have trans people represented as they should have been for years um in a way and so I think that it's it's not perfect it's not it's not even great but it is it's not bad which I you know I feel like in and of itself is good um <laughs> I and know so, like, right I know it's, isn't it's that such just a, like it's so the fun. bar is so low right <laughs> but right I think that it does hit that low bar um and also the other thing is like if they live in Miami proper a city council campaign is a big deal you know like I that's like, true that's true. We live in New York City and city council is huge. It's a it's a big government entity. It's not like living in a small town. And so the, the girls would be so involved in this is really cool and also very um I think in character, particularly for for Dorothy, but honestly kind of for all of them. You know, like they're very involved in like civil service and protests and things like that. So um well, it, it does <laughs> right. <laughs> Finding your underwear in the big pile. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Blanche's outfit is actually superb for the uh, the party. So the beginning. good. It's oh really, God. really like, can you be any more of like hot political outfit, right? I mean, this is why you're part Blanche. I'm telling you, you would dress so well. Thank you but, so yeah, much. I, it's true. It's true. But I, I do, I do think it is funny because it's like, they they just like they're they're doing more obviously and yes it's throwing basically a fundraiser or you know a stump speech area for him to be in but it is funny because just on the surface it's like i love getting involved in local politics and you're just like you just put some more d'oeuvres out and open your door like you could be a little more involved but anyway you, you, they're, they're doing great they're doing great they're doing great that's all it takes totally but uh so let moving on to the scene where Dorothy, I am sorry, Rose walks into the kitchen. But I, so Blanche's reaction, right? She has this sassy look on her face where, uh, well, one, you have like Sophia, you know, counting down. She's at the 40th, the 30th, like the whole thing. She goes, Blanche, it's you, you know? And then Blanche has the sassiest look on her face where she's like, oh, you're getting so good at that, Rose. Now who's that over there? And <laughs> the thing is, if you just, if you didn't look at Blanche and you just heard about, heard what she said, you don't look at the way Rue actually plays that scene. To me, this would be heading far too in the direction of like, Rose is like absolutely dumb and childish. And I think we've talked about this before, but as the seasons march on, you know, as any sitcom does, they start exaggerating parts of characters, right? So Sophia gets a little more like wily, <laughs> you know? She's mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking of... Uh, you know, fasten your seatbelt, slut puppy. Like the, you know, the scene where <laughs> Blanche is essentially babysitting her. Um, where that's like that wouldn't happen in earlier seasons. That's like not that mischievous of Sophia. And then you have the really going over the top, which again, part of the reason B. Arthur left the show of like really mocking Dorothy for these certain mostly physical traits. And then, you know, you and then you have the rose is like rose is dumb, right? Okay, but like there's so many nuanced ways to play dumb <laughs> and to play the naive, to play the you know, just this hopeful um optimist that she does. And of course, the reason it works is because Betty White never lets it go too far where it's one not believable or two like too like just insulting i guess and so if you going back to this one line and this has always stuck with me this i think of this line often when i think of this episode i like i must have just registered it when i was watching it when i was way younger but if you just think think of that line it's so demeaning (laughs) and it you it could be read as like oh blanche is just saying this because rose is so dumb but if you look at rue's face you look at the way she's playing blanche in that scene she has a sassy look on her face that she is being sarcastic right she's like simultaneously recognizing like she just goes blanche it's you out of the blue and she's like yeah rose who is yeah of course it is me (laughs) but she has this sort of like laughing thing of like obviously there's more to whatever this dumb thing is she just said i'm gonna mock her but i'm not gonna take it at full face value and, like, maybe that is, like, the most overthinking I've ever done about, like, a rose line. But I just remember thinking when I was younger, maybe the first couple times I saw it or something, thinking I was like, eh, that reads weird to me. Like, that reads way too far of, like, a farce instead of, like, ringing true and playing on that really thin line of a naive but, like, not completely idiotic character. No, I think that's that's 
a really great observation. And actually the other part that I think fits in with that is when um, <laughs> Rose is making campaign bird feeders yeah, and you know she's doing that and she's like and you think that's a dumb idea and like she gets you know like she gets there on her own yes and Dorothy says nothing nothing right exactly like that's it she just like is like oh this is... I woke you up didn't I <laughs> <laughs> this is really dumb this is not a good campaign paper but that's you know it's right in line with what you're saying like she's you're not right. so dumb but she's dumb enough to make a bird feeder. <laughs> right. Yeah. She, well, she's not fully, I mean, God, even we talked about this last episode, right? Where we were saying at the end where it's so cringeworthy, where they think she wrote a letter to Gorbachev and she's not eight <laughs> or nine or 10 rather. <laughs> and then she has this humiliation at the end, but like they don't, they give her enough credit that she's an adult that's able to be humiliated, you know? So it's like, it's like yeah. this weird cycle but again, I mean, it only works because Betty White does it so well and because they write it so well. And I just, um, but again, I, you got to give Rue credit. You know, she, she waltzes into the kitchen. The whole point, too, is that, one, she's not there where they're hearing the news, right? That's the whole reaction. But also <laughs> that, that little floozy still Blanche's clothes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so great. So and how come it said the explosion was so great? <laughs> I, I thought that was, scene. that was, oh my God. But that line too, of just like thinking about sex and being an explosion <laughs> of shattered so windows. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, but I do want to go back to your point about Rue McClanahan for a second, because I think that she is so good at making a scene without stealing a scene, which yes. is a very, very narrow space to occupy and very hard to do um and i think this episode is is a great example of that because like you're right if she wasn't in that scene it wouldn't work as well but i i don't know that i would call her the star of that scene you know and i i feel like that's such a a difficult balance to a difficult balance to find and she does a lot it's not just here there's a lot of times where blanche's reactions or blanche's responses or you know just like her facial expressions are so key to moving forward and also like bringing in laughs and stuff like that and she just like that's a that's that's pure talent you know you can't you can't teach that <laughs> give that, give can't teach that. <laughs> seriously though um well let's let's skip ahead real quick uh to speaking about like my favorite blanche scene from this entire episode is the super serious one it's when Mm. the girls don't believe her again hate it hate it again (laughs) i mean i know down girl i know learn a lesson (laughs) learn a lesson seriously well we've already established that there's not continuity you know i mean they're well into that right now (laughs) that's true but like you know she she goes when she goes listen girls i'm in trouble here this isn't funny anymore like how do you as her best friends not react to that with your heart I mean, that is, she delivers that so well. It's, it's supposed to be, you know, the turning point for like the middle of the, the drama, right? This isn't like the speech at the end <laughs> that sums everything up that usually has the heartstrings, but it's amazing. And the way that she also turns on a dime when she, 
you know, they say, how do you know, we're tell- how do we know you're telling the truth about that? And she goes, well, I guess you don't. And it's so cold and it's just, ah, oh, I mean, it, it just, it, it kills me. It absolutely kills me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, I love when Sophia is like, I need the number for People magazine. And, oh my God. <laughs> and she's so like, rude. don't worry. It's not about you. Not about you. <laughs> um, so yeah. No, it's so frustrating. And it is like, um, it's such a, I think it's a very new-ish concept of like not slut-shaming anyone and certainly not slut-shaming your friends so I, I, you know, like, I, I think it's reflective of the ideas of the time, but like, yeah, you know, it's such a disappointing, um, it's so disappointing when Rose or when yeah. Rose and Dorothy don't believe her when she says this and, and like, not in their defense at all, but like, you know, the evidence points to the fact that she slept with him. She does sleep with a lot of people. She's like, she also was really into powerful men and yada, yada. And she was photographed coming out of this house, whatever. But I just think like, you know, this concept of believing women when they tell you something is particularly so, with powerful men. Right. And particularly with sex is so, um, it's so long term that we have, we are just like, I would say in the past two years getting to the place where like, we believe a woman's word over a man or not even over with the same level of like believability of a man's, you know? And um, you're only talking about part of our culture anyway, not even all. Right. No, totally. But like, it's, um, you know, I think like the refuge prior to that as a society was like your friends. And so that's what I think is especially upsetting about this is like her best friends don't believe her because she's slept around a lot um and you know like at the end of this episode which I think we see I don't know if we see before but we definitely see it again later where she's like you know I'm an embellisher I talk a lot about men so I understand and yeah yeah and she like she kind of owns that which I I don't love like you're I mean you're right it's so interesting because it's like you you enter this episode being like this is going to be more about trans issues and it's really more about believing women it's like the me too movement it's really fascinating and i think you're right that the particularly at this time your best friends the people you live with in fact who later make comments about like i can't believe she showed up and you're like (laughs) you fucking live together guys i mean it's yes it's for the conceit of the episode and like how the arc goes but it is really sad and disappointing but i will say i think the only way they could get away with this i guess again is by having it framed in such a like evidentiary manner right like she is it's it's a politician like dorothy says like he's a man running for office why would he lie like this right right and again it's bullshit when he's just like yeah she's right (laughs) and it's just i mean it's so it's such a joke, too. I also love his, like, what, his wife's out of town, and then he just decides to, like, run with this. Like, did you <laughs> talk to her about it? Like, what's going on? It's just so insane. But <laughs> it's really, um, it just it just makes me really feel for Blanche. But I also think she, as always, handles it like a baller. And she, I also don't love the fact that she has to sort of make the quote-unquote excuse at the end about embellishing. But... 
I think she's right to meet them where they're at in a lot yeah. of ways. And I think that that is actually a sign of being a very good friend is to try to understand where your friend was coming from by when they did the actions that hurt you. Right. So I, I give her that, I give her a lot of credit for that to like understanding that that could have gotten her in trouble, even if it wasn't valid. Right. It's the same thing she does with Lucy. She's like, I understand that me talking this way possibly led you to take some actions that I don't really agree with. And I don't think are healthy for you or anybody else. Right. So it's like, it's kind of of the same ilk for me in how she talks about that at the end. Although again, no fucking excuses, but you have to like, I think she's wise to see where they're coming from, you know? And she always, Blanche is the, always the most practical and in a lot of ways, actually very, like the most sort of street smart <laughs> of like all yeah. of them, even more than Dorothy in a lot of ways. And I think we see that in this episode, not just because Dorothy is put in the position of just being like, I don't believe you, you know, all that kind of stuff. But like, <laughs> I just in terms of like how things work and all of that. And I will say too, for, you know, the believe women and especially with powerful men, everybody was like, Oh, well, she's just doing that for attention and to get famous. And you're just like, okay, her roommates, her family hate her. She's right. like chased around town by all these fucking shitty reporters. Like this isn't a fun existence, guys. Like, <laughs> you know, even if you're an attention hog, I, I don't think that this, you know, is how it is. I mean, they're they're not even t- like reporting that she's 39, you know? <laughs> Comma 39. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's totally right. I actually had never put together that Lucy thing, but I think that's, Exactly right. I think like, I think that there's two things here. And one is like a woman, a quote unquote slutty woman has slept with everyone she's come into contact with. Like that's the narrative. And it's like, if you have, it is evolved certainly, but like if you are a woman and you're open about your sexuality, that's what is attached. And even in, right. in, in this episode, especially it's like even among your closest people. And if you're a man and particularly if you're a man in power, you're a man running for office, like your reputation is more important than anything else. Right. And I think we, that, we um, like to reduce people to really, really low common denominators to exactly. label them as humans. That's what we do. So that those two categories are exactly right. And I think the other piece of this is like before the Blanche story, Gil was labeled as a wimp, which is, I think, like the one of the worst things you can be as a man in politics. Because yes, like, absolutely. God forbid, <laughs> you know, we don't have a, a president with a toxic masculinity complex. And so like, mm. I think that um, the wimpiness of Gil Kessler is also really smart of the writers to write in. Um, and I think that we attach that to even, you know, like a lot of politicians in real life and it's not, it's not nice or fair or whatever. And I was thinking of like real examples and I, I was thinking of like, John Kerry, I think, got, you know, like, really labeled as that. But also... That's true. Somebody who I hate, Marco Rubio, is labeled as, like, kind of a wimp. And I think that that hurt both of them. And it's interesting because they're on such different ends of the political spectrum. Right. But I just think that speaks to the level of, like, of, of about how much America does not like a wimp. And so I feel well, the, like... The for, opposite for, of that, like, to your point, toxic masculinity is a bully. That's the other right. spectrum. Exactly. So like Gil gets to be a, right. (laughs) 
that's my governor. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think that Gil sees this opportunity of like having an affair with this beautiful woman as a as a place to assert his masculinity and therefore mm-hmm. like his political the bully, power. Right. The bully masculine thing. It's all very connected. And so like I think that it's um it's it, I I you know obviously I don't think the writers were thinking about this, but it is a, a really sort of um poignant commentary on what we value in American politics and yeah it's really interesting I think (laughs) but my question is back to the other question I had about him checking with his wife it's like but you are actually being kind of a bully by not even consulting with Blanche and having her (laughs) go along with your ruse but okay (laughs) sure (laughs) I'd like to talk about Gil's campaign headquarters for a moment (laughs) So, you know, he has a picture of Reagan and Nancy up on the wall behind his desk. So is is he a Republican or is it like a requirement that if you're running for city council, you like have to have a wall like with the president on it? I'm just it's really interesting. I don't know. You know, I wrote in my thing in my notes that it's interesting that all of them, all three of the girls would be so enthusiastic about the same candidate. And I think that Blanche makes a comment where she's like, I hope that loser reimburses me for gas and mileage, which like indicates that maybe she's just like doing it because her friends are doing it. But even if you just take Dorothy and Rose, it's, I cannot imagine what his platform was that they would both be so into the idea of electing him to city council, you know, like what issue was he talking about that both of those girls would be so enthusiastic about? Yeah, I don't like, know. What's the origin story for them getting involved, right? I mean, the way you probably see it is that, you know, Dorothy was struck by something he said about some issues. Um, <laughs> and then Rose thought it'd be fun to throw a party. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. And then Blanche was like, oh, I can meet eligible men in politics. Right, but totally. I, yeah, something along those lines. But yeah, to your point. But I just thought that was interesting of like, set dressing so to speak because you're just like you know nobody was a fucking republican there and you've got like a picture of reagan on the wall it just was a really interesting choice like so you know the big reveal is that he used to be anna maria bonaducci a mild-mannered housewife yada yada stenographer um but sophia's thing throughout the whole thing is like i got a feeling about this guy like something is off something is off and then when it's revealed that he used to live as a woman which is that is in and of itself problematic. But she is like, I knew he was Italian. Like, and I think that that specific point of like her being like, no, I know, I know something about him. I know something about yeah. him. And the real being that he's Italian is actually really like nice and, and forward thinking in a way. And it's like, I don't know that the writers necessarily meant that to be as progressive as it actually is, but it really is. It is, but I also think that probably part of the reason that this episode does get a bad reputation in terms of not, you know, like actually portraying trans people in a good light is that there is this conceit of like Sophia found out something about him. Whether or not the actual punchline is like the Italian nose, you know, whatever, like (laughs) his Roman nose, I guess. Um but I think that there, you know, there is something inherently problematic to that. Oh, and yeah. I think 
yeah, I think it's it's odd. And again, in like in the classic, you know, tradition of the Golden Girls still makes me laugh, even if it's problematic of like Sophia's face after the reveal is like this like smarmy, <laughs> like, fuck yeah, got it. Like I was right. You know, I mean it was just really it's so fascinating of like the way she plays it of like, ha, you know, and she just <laughs> very, very satisfied with herself. Um, it's really interesting. But yeah, I mean there's, you know, I absolutely understand how that really can read very poorly but again to your point they focus on the italian thing and then in the immediate scene following like i was talking about earlier is like it's just rose being like so how does it work yeah you know (laughs) do they test the parts first (laughs) and dorothy's sort of like rose i don't know like you're not asking the right person but like also what does it matter and then she you know she of course just gets exasperated like anyone would of Rose asking anything whether it's you know about how like you know if if there indeed is any sort of surgery involved you know I guess I guess also part of the you know the antiquated notion of that conversation is like that does not that does not a trans person make however that's still the fucking conversation it's the conversation that all cis people who especially who are ignorant go to right yeah that's the whole katie kirk thing with laverne cox like how how many years ago right but that's like and the way i I encourage anybody listening to this episode if you have not seen that shutdown that laverne cox gives to katie kirk it's just so perfect and it's just like it's a great just sort of rebuttal of like why are you asking about anybody's genitals like that's that's fucked up you would never ask a cis person you would never do that who the fuck cares who cares but i also i also think that they again (laughs) your your earlier point where you're just like it's not bad so good you know question mark it's like (laughs) really not the way we want to be progressing in our society but i could easily see the end of this episode having rose walk right up to gill and asking shit or like having a lot more shitty jokes like sophia often does about race to you know like right there in the campaign headquarters like saying stuff as opposed to Rose sort of quote unquote gets it out of her system, but it's on the couch at home. And it's it's framed in the same way that she's asking about how like thermoses work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it it totally is. And I think um I have you seen the documentary Disclosure on Netflix no, no, about no, but I've heard about it. It's really, really good. I I am putting out a plug to watch it. It's such a good documentary about trans people and and the representation of trans and gender non-conforming people in the media and like they're often portrayed as either like victims or horrific beings to be afraid of and whatever and so again like it's not good that you know his transition is like the pinnacle of the story but it's also he's not a a villain really like he's like a villain I guess like he's a villain the way that any other man would be, <laughs> which yeah. again, like, you know, bar on the floor, but that's something it's, it's, <laughs> it's just how we are trained to think. So if you never try to step out of that yourself, you end up in these pretty awful patterns <laughs> of asking yeah. people about their genitals, which you would never fucking do. Totally. Right. Exactly. Um, and the last thing I want to say about this episode is that, there's the nod to the facts of life goes to Australia, which I don't know why, but that line makes me laugh so much every single time. When Jordan is like, no, I'm upset because they haven't rerun. It's like, 
I don't know. It's just like such a niche reference that I know. It's, I know. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I want to call attention to uh, three particular lines that we haven't mentioned yet. The it won't mean a hill of beans. <laughs> if you're not an honest man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like we'll just add that to the southernisms. Like that's pretty great. <laughs> also, I absolutely love the like you know, telling off on the phone and then she just goes, Dorothy call Stan. <laughs> it's great. And then so there's good. no follow-up whatsoever. Stan's not in the episode. There's no storyline with Stan. It is just an amazing reference. Just pops in the middle of it. So good. And I also want to celebrate Gil's use of the word scurrilous. Oh, yes. <laughs> because that is not said nearly enough. It's a very you thing to point out. <laughs> yes. It's just the word usage. It was It yes. was really good. It was a politician speech, you know. I don't know if he writes his own speeches, but they're good. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? I think that's, I think we've all had enough. <laughs> we've all had enough. <laughs> well, next time is going to be a doozy because next time we're going to discuss calcium versus caffeine and planning <laughs> sexy international getaways while impotent. <laughs> we need it for our bones. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody.